0: Interrupt you every day. We... We've got something to say, and you're listening to Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio 88.7 WPSCFM. Yes. Woo! Brave yes. New radio Brave New Radio. Doctor Steve Marconi. I'm that Professor is David Hi. How are you today, my friend? I am fine. How about you? This weather, huh? This weather. This engine summer happening here in November.
1: God. I hope it never stops. That would be awesome. We'd it be in Wouldn't bother Diego. me. I am not a skier, and in fact, don't like skiers. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I was only
0: kidding. Right.
1: Well, that, well anyway, so we have a <clears throat> excuse me a great guest tonight. But before that.
0: But before that, we should tell everybody, Music Biz 101 and more, WPSC. Mm -hmm. That is what you're listening to. At the beginning of the show, you heard The World is Ours by the Alley Mac Project. We want to introduce our producer for the night. Her name is the Jess Frank. Jess Frank, producer. Hey, everyone. Good to have you, Jess. We also have a student co-host who is an MBA in music management candidate. And his name is Joe. Joe Pomerico. Joe Pomerico, Hello, everybody. Joe, it's great to have you. How come you're here at William Patterson University? Because um, Dr. Marconi uh, asked me to guest host tonight, so I said, heck yeah. (laughs) That's what I
1: would have said. No, but he's talking about.
0: Oh, yeah, I want to know. Yeah, I don't care why you're here right right now. Why are you here at William Patterson University? William Patterson. For this amazing radio show? (laughs) Because of that. Okay. All right.
1: That's it.
2: So you're paying tuition for absolutely oh. no reason besides the radio show, and because Doctor Mercury you know, told you to be here. I saw this radio show and I had to come to this program, <laughs> and also it's a great program here at William Patterson. It's exactly what I was looking for when I decided to go to grad school, have an MBA, and do something with music and management. And I'm currently managing a band called Ericuda. and uh, we're going to be dropping an
0: EP next uh, next February. So be on the lookout for that. Ericuda on Facebook. That's great. Right. And, and, and your hope is that your MBA is going to help you in your music business career. Yes. Exactly. Yes.
1: And where'd you go to undergrad?
0: Uh Poe College. In OK. Mahler. All right. Great. great. OK. Um, let's remind everybody, Joe Pomerico, that we they are listening to Music Biz 101 and more go to the website musicbiz101wp.com sign up for our newsletter every sunday at 6pm you will receive all the updated great awesome things happening in the music and entertainment biz and then every wednesday night you'll um wednesday afternoon you'll receive an email from us explaining who our great guest is going to be that eating on the show follow us on instagram twitter the face of the book At MusicBiz101WP. And, of course, all of our shows become podcasts that you can listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And before we go any further and introduce the awesome guest of the night, we should thank... The Music Biz Association. Yes. So save the date for May 16th through the 18th, 2016, when Music Biz goes to Music Biz in the Music City. We are going to be there, Music Biz One and more. We're going to be in Nashville with a group of students interviewing industry pros, making connections. Mm-hmm. And eventually all these industry pros being interviewed are going to be on podcasts and summer shows on WPSC Brave New Radio. Great.
1: How many shows do we have on podcasts now?
0: We have about 40 on podcast, we have uh, six or seven that are in the wings, waiting to uh, right. become available to other people, and then we have about another twenty shows before the season's over. So, and good. you want to know who's coming up? Sure. Um, actually, you know, why don't we come back to that after the guest? Okay, because because we'll have her, then we'll come back and we'll say who's up. But we do want to thank also Paul Sinclair of Atlantic Records, our good friend, who is able to help us and get us our guest. Is she on, Jess, mm-hmm. and get us our guest, our guest for the evening? is leave Boly who's a data journalist at next big sound leave thank you so much for joining us on music biz one morning yes. hi guys thanks for
2: having me
0: thanks for letting us say your name correctly leave booly right we that's what we said <coughs> the, the most
2: complicated seven
0: letter name on the planet and the <laughs> earth <laughs> well thanks uh, I'm Dave Philp, as uh, Professor David Kirk Philp, as we said on the phone earlier today, and then we have Dr. Steve Marconi. Yes, that is me. Who is going to begin with the third degree with you, and then we'll get into some <laughs> tweets and a whole bunch of other stuff, so well, uh, be very careful.
1: How are you? Good, how are you? Good. So how did you get to Nick's Big Sound?
2: Uh, well, I guess it's kind of a, uh, you know, ended up there by happenstance, but been very happy there. I was I came out of NYU, had my degree, my master's in journalism, and uh, was covering big data as my beat, Mm. and was currently working on a book called The Human Face of Big Data, which was about all of these people that were doing really exciting stuff with data um, in all different kinds of facets, and one of the stories that I came across was Next Big Sound, and ended up getting put in in touch with the the guys in charge, um, Alex. White, David Hoffman, and Samir Riani, who are the three co-founders. And uh, the people I was working on the book project with didn't answer my emails about whether or not anyone wanted me to talk to them, so I had to do some quick research, and while I was researching Next Big Sound, I come across the fact that they're looking for a data journalist, and I thought to myself, hey, I could do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, that was four years ago now, and I've been with the team ever since.
1: Wow, so how did you get interested in data? It just seems like so many people are afraid of it. Uh, it was, go ahead.
2: Yeah, it was very much a kind of, it was an interesting topic to be looking into from like a, a journalism perspective, like mm-hmm. what people were doing with it. And the, the, the angle of the book that I was working on was very much putting, you know, up until this point, I, you know, everything I'd heard about big data was very negative and very kind of a big brother watching us. Um, and then starting to look into all these stories about what people are doing with data, I realized, you know, this is something that's really positive and the way people are harnessing it is really amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of it went from there. Wow. We, uh, we actually here offer an MBA in music business, and we're hearing more and more from the industry how that uh, the old joke used to be that this industry is run by a bunch of C students because they would never go after they got their bachelor's. They'd never go, for, even if it was free at the big three or whatever. But we're hearing more and more this interest in people getting graduate degrees because the data analysis now is, um, is cumbersome for so many people, but also it's so important in every aspect of the business. Yeah, I mean,
2: it's a part of the yeah. yeah. Years of research in our department, I and mean, to realize that you know you can really leverage information, uh, the interactions between fans and artists, and the resulting data from that to make decisions that are you know a lot more accurate and less based on gut instinct, uh, which is very much what it has been in the music industry for many years, uh, and then now kind of shift more towards using this information to answer some of these questions that, you know, we've been answering in the music industry for decades, but now we have data to back up those decisions. And, you know, not only are we seeing it in the labels and and in management, but we're seeing it from the education perspective as well. You know, this is music business school after music business school um, getting interested in the idea of data analysis and that being a core part of the education that uh, people that are interested in working in the industry should have.
0: Um, and that being able to leverage this information and make those decisions using data is super valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can Can you explain um, exactly what Next Big Sound, why Next Big Sound was founded, and what its purpose is? I lost you guys there for a second. Oh, yeah, we, yeah keep, we we keep losing you as well. Are you on a cell? I guess. I am, indeed. Cellular telephone. Um, Are you walking around? Are you pacing in your apartment in the far corner near the concrete fireball? I'm sitting
2: actually all the way up against my window in my apartment, (laughs) hoping to God that you don't lose me, because uh, I can't say many positive things about reception in Williamsburg, New York, inside of these concrete apartment buildings.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, We're just asking you, uh, basically, what does Next Big Sound do? And uh, what do you do there?
2: So uh, I guess we'll start with Next Big Sound. It's a music analytics platform. Um, And basically what we do is we aggregate social, sales, streaming, and event data uh, into one central place. And then we work with the labels, we work with managers, we work with artists who uh, use the platform and leverage it to make decisions around uh, their careers and and the artists that they're working with. Uh, and my role at the company as a data journalist has been that I'm writing articles around artists or events or trends that we're seeing in the industry all from a data perspective uh, basically to help the people that are using this kind of information to understand a little bit more about how you can use it and, and you know, what the different data points mean. Because, you know, we're talking about very new numbers. Twenty years ago this information wasn't available. Uh, now that it is, there's a big difference between, you know, what a million YouTube views means for, you know, a busker in Brooklyn uh, to what that means for someone like Adele. And starting to put some context around these numbers and help people understand how do you use them and what are the questions that you can ask and, you know, what does a, a strong trajectory look like or what does a shift in the industry look like? So writing those articles and kind of help chart that path for people that are getting into using this information.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, we were at a uh, new music seminar this summer, and I uh, f- forget there were three or four different company guys from different uh data places. And it was interesting how we could see, uh, after for instance a show or a performance, how the next day the uh, streams would jump, and then two or three days later they would be back to n- normal or even less. And uh, that kind of data would be so important for when you're going to spend money on on the artist for whatever purpose, but to, that you would have this data to know when the fans would be more interested or most interested in, uh, you know, in, in that artist's activities.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's not just even just in streaming. I mean, you see that kind of uh, event reaction happen across social sources as well. I mean, some of the most reactive metrics to when people have a public appearance are Wikipedia page views or Twitter mentions. Mm -hmm. And it's a reflection of people spotting that artist or noticing that something's going on and then sharing that information online or seeking out the artist online and trying to learn more information about them. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of what we do is kind of help weight these different sources of information and help people figure out, you know, what should we be looking at when? Mm -hmm. What questions can we ask of the data? Uh, And if we ask
1: the question of the data, how do we validate
0: that our assumptions are correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're writing about the data. Are you coming up with the – are you analyzing the data as much as uh, other people at Next Big Sound? Or do you get in a big room and you look at different data points and determine what is important, what is not, and what you should write about? How do you – I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what. Um, how does it work? Are, yeah, how how all this works when you write about what you're writing about. A lot of this is: Are you an, analyzing on your own, or you're getting help from other people? There, it's a group effort.
2: Yeah, so that totally depends on the project and how deep we're going to go. Uh, we do annual state of the industry reports. Actually, this year we released a biannual one, so mm-hmm. now we're doing them twice a year. But they're massive, you know, research projects around everything that's going on in the industry. And we have a pretty you know, big team that works together on that, um, not just doing the analysis but building out the, the, the page itself and, and delivering that report in a way that people find fascinating and that's visually appealing that you know, helps people get into this information because it, it can be heavy information. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a day-to-day basis, writing articles, I mean, there's you know, one thing that's really amazing about Next Big Sound is that this platform that the engineers and the teams have built um, it's so easy to access the data and the information, uh, you know. So very often, I'm just looking at, you know, even even just something as simple as a chart, which is a reflection of data and it's a reflection of behavior. And in that chart, you'll see something going on, a trend that's happening, or an artist that's popping. And that, for me, is is story fodder. That's an artist that I want to cover. I want to talk about their data. I want to talk about that information and what it was that made them pop for me. I want to learn that artist. Story and tell that story. I think very much of the data as another kind of interview subject. It's someone else you can ask questions of, and you know it's important that you make sure that you you're, you're accurate with what you're writing, that you're not manipulating the data in any way, that you're telling the story as is, as what you see. Um, and so, you know, there's more than one way of approaching this information, and more than one way to kind of do a project like, project like this. And the really cool thing about, um, you know, how we work at Next Big Sound is we actually all choose ourselves what we want to work on. Um, You know, no one ever tells us you have to do this or you have to do that. We get into a room together every quarter, and we prioritize what we think is most important to build or work on for the company and for our clients. Um, And then we, you know, group into teams and, and work on projects together. And so it can be everything from me working all on my own in a vacuum and putting out a story um, this morning, you know, I sat in my bed before going into the office and finished up an article and published that. And other times, it could be a team of five of us working together to kind of do a research project and figure out how do we present this information and
3: publish that.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Do you get into uh, artist revenue streams or any data, you know, that shows what the big talk is about it on in the industry?
3: Well, I
2: think, I mean, so we, uh, the data that next Exam is dealing with, outside of the fact that we, you know, deliver streaming information directly to the, the people that own that information. Uh, and that information can be used to figure out whether or not, you know, royalty payments are accurate, et cetera. Um, that's not... Our role. Our role is to make sure that the information and the data that we're delivering out is clean and accurate mm-hmm. and presented in a way that's easily accessible. Uh, and then what the labels or what management teams or what artists themselves do with that information uh, is kind of up to them.
0: Mm-hmm. We've talked about uh, data, and you, you mentioned uh, you might have said big data already, and there's just so much data available these days. And we've had discussions with Paul Sinclair, you know, who hooked us up, Paul from Atlantic, about uh, data that he's looking at as well. And and one thing that he said in the past is is there is so much data. It's not that there is so much data. It's how you read the data and how you Mm -hmm. sift through it to find the important key points. Is there a trick to that? Is there just from your uh, journalistic curiosity, is that how you're able to find specifically what's important in all this data that you're seeing? Well,
2: I think you know one important aspect of that is to kind of look at all of it. You know at, at next sound, we're tracking you know thirty different sources, two hundred different metrics and and not all of it's going to be useful information, but you know start from a place where you're you know counting everything as equal, and then start to to ask questions with that data. You know what's the impact of my artist appearing on Jimmy Fallon, or if I want to release a single, um, off of my artist's album, um, and all of those tracks are available on YouTube. What What's the different level of play for all the different tracks? Hmm. One's going to be resonating more than the rest. Maybe that is uh, you know one argument for why I should choose that particular track as a as a single. Um, and I think it very much very much depends on what question you're trying to answer. Um, and then being able to make sure that, you know, you're double-checking your data and you're not looking at false positives. You know, there are ways that you can transform data and look at them, like something like percentage change. You know, it's it's very often a very gripping transform. Someone had a huge lift, uh, and that's so exciting. But if you look at the actual raw numbers behind it, You know, it might have been that they had one Twitter mention the one day and then they had ten Twitter mentions the next, and that's going to be a massive percentage increase. So making sure that you're not kind of skewing the data in any way by the way that you're looking at it, but making sure that you're taking enough stabs at it uh, to be sure that whatever, you know, you're presenting on or whatever you're using to make your decisions is really accurate.
0: Um, You talked about the biannual report. That you wrote, and you, you sent it to us, which was nice. Uh, within that report, you, you said this. You said, let's shift our focus from the decline in sales, and this is of overall, of overall music, and instead focus on maximizing digital revenue from streaming and social interaction with fans. Why, uh, if you recall writing that, what were you thinking when you did that? Why would you write that? Well, I think
2: there's been this really heavy focus for the last few years in the industry of of, you know, things are changing and the way that people are consuming music is changing and, frankly, the way that artists make money is changing. Um, And we can sit around and complain about that all that we want, um, or we can look to the future and we can, you know, what we see in Next Big Sound is the people that are succeeding and the people that are, you know, doing the best in this new music economy are the people in the industry who are thinking about, you know, what are the smart, innovative ways we can leverage all of these different platforms we have to reach artists? You know, what are some of the other opportunities that exist that are different from the way that we used to do things? How, you know, the people that are most open-minded to a different way of of doing business are the people that are succeeding in this different music economy. And, you know, the way I like to explain the data that we track is that you know, every single data point is an interaction between a fan and an artist. Whether that be a fan you know, seeking out an artist on a streaming platform and listening to their track or someone going to Facebook and seeking out an artist there and following them and getting updates or following them on Instagram or following them on Twitter or listening to their music on SoundCloud. You know, there's so many ways that, that fans can reach artists these days. Um, and thinking about how to monetize that in a different way and to leverage that in a different way is, is going to be, you know, essential because, you know, most likely in 10, 20 years, you know, downloads are going to be a thing of the past. Streaming, you can say what you want, um, you can be as hesitant about it as you want, but in the first six months of the year, we tracked more than a trillion streams. Mm-hmm. Flashback to 2012, it was 100 billion streams in a full year. So we're seeing this sector just grow at an amazing rate and it's the people within the industry that are realizing that, you know, it's an inevitable direction that we're heading in. What is the best way that we can leverage this? What are the smartest decisions we can make? Um, Those are the people that are going to be most successful in a new music economy.
1: Yeah. I think that um, the fan is doing so much of the work that used to be done by paid advertising and, Promotion and all of that, but now the fans, you know, love to find something new and then tell their friends and and actually build a, fo- a following for this artist. And it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just amazing the way it's happening today. And I Isn't think that exciting. Yeah, and I would think that you would want to, as a manager, you would want to find out ways in which you can double that or you can increase that fan use, uh, rather than uh, you know, just worrying about a concert or whatever and is is social media gonna take care of the all the uh advertising for the concert or whatever, uh but more of how can I use these fans to do what they wanna do and be very uh positive for the artist. Yeah, I mean if you
2: think about it from the artist perspective it definitely requires this whole new skill set, right? Because
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, 20, 30 years ago, an artist goes into a record, or lands a record label, uh, records, uh, label deal, goes into a studio, records an album, a tour is set up for them, they go through the motions, and then in, and you're very limited the contact that you have between an artist and the fan outside of kind of what's set up and what's, what's created for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You need a whole new skill set now, right? You need to be able to create an image and a relationship uh, online. You need to interact with fans on a more regular basis. You have to be able to maintain that regularly. I mean, it's not, you can't just post once on Facebook and then you're fine. You have to create a persona and you have to to keep that up.
1: And you have to be Um, creative.
2: And you have to be creative about it. And, you know, some artists, and another important thing that I like to bring up or like to talk about is don't expect your artists to be good at every social platform, right? Mm-hmm. Some artists are more visual. And if they're more visual and they can take great photos and they know how to communicate their story through that, maybe Instagram is the platform that they should be focusing on. Mm-hmm. And that's where they should be building a fan base. Maybe an artist is more creepy and, you know, tells funny jokes and is quick is to the draw, and Twitter is the place that they build that fan base. Mm-hmm. So you build a fan base across one or several social networks. You don't overextend yourself. You make sure you're playing to your strengths. You build that fan base there. And then when you go out and you do these things that are traditional music industry um, you know, uh, events like playing a concert or you know, doing an appearance or whatever, then you use that fan base that you've built up over time who are loyal, who want to be communicating with you, want to be sharing your story, want to be telling their friends. Hey, this is going on. How have you listen to this person? You leverage that fan base when it is you need them to show up and buy merch or buy tickets or listen to your music.
1: Yeah, that would,
2: I think it. Go ahead. I, I just think it's you know, so much you know, people talk about how it's difficult, but imagine how much power is back into the the, the hands of the artist mm-hmm. when it comes to being able to do you know, reach your friends directly in that way.
1: Yeah, and what you're talking about was uh, to me you know the report on the website, to me was always, was very interesting that, that the same people were not number one on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else yeah, I can't remember now. But you you have all those different um, charts, and mm-hmm. you could see that's exactly what you're talking about. That some that are better in one in one platform uh, versus another platform. It's just not Taylor Swift directly right across. You know. Drake is mm-hmm. doing things, and and so on and so
0: forth. Um, tweet. Yeah, let's uh, let's read a, a quick tweet. Tweet to you. So this hi. is um, <laughs> hi. I'm Joe Pomerico. I'm the uh, guest here tonight. And uh-huh. uh, my question is: What
2: kind of data is most sought after by the big record companies? I mean, streaming data is, of course, uh, really important to the record labels. Um, and, you know, they want to know where their artists are being played, uh, who's playing their music, uh, and how, you know, which platform they're reaching them on. And this is, this is really important data. So if you think about it, uh, and you're an artist in this day and age and you have as granular information as you do from the streaming services about where people are playing your music and uh, how often and when, you can use this information to do anything from, from routing a tour or, you know, budgeting a local marketing game.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and you can see it move over time, right? So it's not static. Your fan base is never going to be static as an artist. New people will find your music. Other people will get tired of you. Um, you know, more people will know who you are. It'll grow. It'll change. And tracking that data over time and being on top of it and understanding where your fans are, who your fans are, and how to reach them. Is something that you can do with this information. So I think streaming data is really becoming increasingly important, um, not just the labels, but to management teams and the individual artists. And what's really great is seeing more and more of these services that we work with want to share that information with the artists that are on um, their platforms directly. And having that information, knowing stream for stream, where you're being played, who's playing you, when it's happening, is, is really important information to have these
1: days. And it's very efficient. Definitely.
0: Joe also has a follow-up that, uh, that matches well with, we were just talking about the labels.
2: Uh, Yasmin Azir would like to know, what kind of data is also important to the do-it-yourself artist? Well, so it's that same data, really. Um, I mean, what's cool about Mixed Big Sound is that it's, it's free to anyone who wants to sign up. And you can go in and you can take a look at your your profile page, and you can get you know some some basic information about kind of the data science research that we've done. So which artist stage you fall into? So what are the expectations you should have for performance as an artist, depending on the size of your fan base? You know, if you have seventy thousand Facebook page likes, or if you have seventy million, you should be expecting a different level of online activity, and you should be benchmarking yourself against other artists that fall within your category and not within the biggest artists in the world. Um, So that information is all available. Uh, You have reach metrics, engagement metrics, and by that I mean everything from the size of your fan bases on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth, but also the amount of activity that you're seeing on a daily basis. Um, and you can start to look at the relationship between them. Am I activating my fan base here on Facebook? Am I activating my fan base on Twitter? Or am I, am I releasing content and it's falling short and no one's um, interacting with it? There's this, like, built-in feedback loop mm-hmm. in, in the social platforms and the resulting data from that. So that's really important. And, again, the play data. You know, you want to know who's playing your music and where are they and how do you reach those fans? And that information is available to everyone from the artists to the labels as long as you are a rights holder and you're entitled to see that data.
0: Mm-hmm. So a DIY artist, let's say they're through CD Baby, for example, um, can mm-hmm. they go to Next Big Sound to get some of this information? I know Facebook, there are Facebook uh, Insights and things like that, but uh, some of the other streaming data, uh, if, if can my band call up Next Big Sound and uh, get some of this information? Or how does that work?
2: Yeah, they don't even need to call up. They go to nextbigsound.com, make a free account, and we are tracking pretty much every artist in the world. Um, and you can if we're not, if your sources aren't connected, you can connect them. Any public data is available for free right there. Um, and then we have, you know, partners like Spotify and of course Pandora where you can, you know, sign up to get that information as well. So Pandora, we, we still haven't rolled out. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what that looks like with the data integration there. The acquisition is still fairly new.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but we've been long been providing uh, Spotify data. We have YouTube, YouTube detections. You know, we have a bunch of sources of play data that is all available to you, and you can make a free account and access it. So you, you don't even need to get on the phone. Just make your own account.
0: You mentioned uh, about the acquisition by Pandora. Can you explain... Uh, yeah, you know, what? Why Pandora? Do you know why Pandora would have bought Next Big Sound?
2: Oh, because they wanted to hire a data
0: journalist. <laughs> <laughs> it's all because of you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, Pandora. I mean, first of all, I make a joke in our state of the industry report that everybody and their uncle was buying a streaming, uh, buying an analytics platform. Yeah, uh, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with realizing the direction that the industry is heading in, uh, and how important this information is. And, you know, they very much, you know, brought Next Big Sound on board, and they have kept us with the mandate of, you know, we want you to build really valuable tools for the music industry. It's what you've been doing for seven years, and we want you to keep doing it. Uh, And so far, that's been what we've been working on at Pandora. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, knowing, first of all, it's also really difficult to build the kind of platform that Next Big Sound is. You know, these are really disparate data sources. And presenting them all in, you know, one place in a clean, understandable fashion is something that we've worked for many years to, to kind of to do. Um, and I think buying a platform like Next Big Sound, you know, gives Pandora that added advantage of, okay, it's already built, it's already here. Um, and then allowing the, the, the artists and the management teams and the labels that work with Pandora to have access to that information and servicing that, that's goodwill for Pandora, Um, it's super valuable to the music industry. It helps Pandora understand also better, you know, how are they resonating in the marketplace? How are artists doing on their service? How can they make it better for them? Uh, And so far, that seems to be the mandate is, you know, build valuable tools for the music industry.
1: Yeah, and the, the, you know, the website itself, Next Week Sound, even the typeface you use and so on, you might think that, I don't know what say you it was gonna look like n p d looks and and so on, but no it's like it's like fun to go to it and the way you put up the numbers you know your way the way you the trillion comes up and then the the billion of people and so on uh makes it actually um you know it 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 teeters on on being really fun and maybe not so accurate to being accurate and fun, if you understand what I'm saying. That, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not like, oh, well, let's go to this and oh, let's look for that chart and so on. Well, it, if it, you it, compare
0: it to, like, a Nielsen report, if you've ever read yeah, this, it's just right. very same, flat same and as bland as it, and just right. text. And you guys, I don't know if you guys were using HTML5 or what you were doing yeah, to right. uh, to make your uh, webpage, like, jump out at you as we read this mid-year report that you wrote. But uh, it was it was very entertaining to read. Yeah, was exactly. It just a flat that's the word. do yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: first off, I have to give a massive shout-out to the designers that work in Mexic Sound, the front end engineers. You know, that's really important to us to make sure that what we're presenting is visually compelling. And there's a, there's a thinking behind that because you know, if you work in the music industry, you're not necessarily super familiar with numbers and it's not really something that necessarily excites you all that much.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and you have two minutes in your day.
0: Losing her again. She's a huge priority focus for you.
2: If we make that visually compelling, if we make it really easy to access that information and we make it in a beautiful
0: is she saying bad words? Is that what? Sorry, I lost you. What yeah, we, 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 you went away again, but now you're back, right?
2: Where did I fall off? <laughs> <laughs>
0: the, the whole answer, off and on. It was, it was cool. Oh, man, Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's the, that burrow. Right. So, yeah, basically the
2: gist of what I was saying was, you know, the the care that we put into the design... And the visual components of next big sound—it it comes back to working in an industry where you know everyone isn't necessarily super familiar with numbers or mm-hmm. super comfortable with them, but they're really valuable. And making it really easy to access them, making them visually compelling, making it something that you know you can take a screen grab and throw it into presentation and share this mm-hmm. and be excited to share it because it's beautiful to look at and it's really interesting information that's important to us because you know we know that people in the music industry are extremely busy and you know we want them to take that five minutes out of their day to check in on the data and make those decisions using that data and it's even more enticing to do so if what you're looking at
0: period <laughs> if what you're looking at here All right. when you back we have another question Let's see if we can you get... hear me? Yeah, we got... can. You hear us now? Yes. Okay. All right. So, one thing you just kind of touched upon was was you mentioned big decisions, right? Hello. Hello. <laughs>
1: She's on the fire escape.
0: I, I know. Should I sing Adele's "Hello" or Lionel Richie's "Hello"?
1: Richie. I know. She's. Well, we can take a break now. And so maybe we will get it together.
0: Can Can we do that? <laughs> Uh, Jess, can we take a uh, two-second break? Um, I think we just completely lost yeah, her just is, now. Yeah. All right, all right. So what we're going to do is we are – are you prepared to go to a public service announcement right now, Jess? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay. Jess is excited about the fact that we're ad-libbing right now and, and going to the PSA we call in the biz, the public instant, service announcement. Instantaneous. It's, yes, it's, it's, and it is it's public. It's not a private service announcement. Do you want to go to that?
3: Well, I don't know if
0: she's calling back now. So what? So- no, no. We'll go to that. And then if she calls back, then she's going to have to wait thirty seconds. Brooklyn will have to wait. Okay. She has so to wait
3: more
0: than thirty seconds. Well, how long are public service announcements? Uh, Sixty like seconds. Three, you don't. Three minutes. You have to play three in a row. Is that the law? Well, no, that's okay because we have to yeah. do it anyway. Yeah, yeah five, We'll get it over with. Let's get it over with. Five to the hour. Let's, yeah, then now. we'll go right up to the hour. Excellent, excellent point, Marconi. And thank you, Jess Frank, producer of the year. Okay. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. Go to that PSA, baby. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. If you want
3: to learn about the
0: music industry and you don't know where to go, turn into WP88.7. Wednesday at 8 p.m. You're listening. You're listening You're listening You're listening You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. Alright, we are listening to Music Biz 101 No more, just like they just said on WPSC Brave New Radio. We're doing a awesome show. It's an awesome show with Lee Bully from Next Big Sound. She is the data journalist at Next Big Sound. And if you've never heard Oh, the term data journalist before. Leave already told us. And you'll be able to go to the podcast in a few weeks and hear back that part. But as we end the show with about 17 minutes left, we can uh, ask Leave a couple questions. Leave, are you back with us here on Music Biz 101 and more?
2: I am indeed. Hopefully Did you, like the way you can I said,
0: hear me a little better this you, time You around. sound awesome right now. We're thinking of recording you and signing you to a deal, and then you could do your own analytics <laughs> for that. All right, so, Perfect. so getting back to a – oh, by the way, just um, while we were on that break, you know, uh, an artist has his team or her team, you know, which is the personal manager, the business manager, the agent, people like that. um. Have you seen artists – now, some artists may have a social media person. Have you seen anybody have like an analytics person strictly – somebody who strictly does analytics and data mining for a particular artist as a member of his or her team? Have you seen that before? I've
2: seen seen artists do some really interesting stuff around um, analytics. Uh, Someone like uh, Ryan Leslie, who's built his own platform to be able to directly text fans, Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone that signs up, there are artists doing really, really cool stuff with this. Um, but I don't know if I have seen any artists that have a data journalist mm-hmm. in tow, uh, on tour. But if anyone is hiring, I uh, would love to go on tour with you,
0: Adele. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's funny that you, that you bring up Adele because my next question was two, uh, just almost two years, exactly, two years ago, Beyonce put out her surprise album. And after Beyonce put out the surprise album titled Beyonce, that was the new big thing for a little while. Drake has done it more than once since then. The idea is, you know, let's just surprise everybody put out all this brand new music. And so Adele, we all know, has a a giant hit right now with the song. The content. So I, it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to do this on the phone, isn't it? If we were looking at each other, right. I'd have been giving you the fingers saying we have to stop, but it's hard for, to do it. But, um, but I was saying that your answer was perfectly timed because we have to end the show now. Uh, righty. Yeah. So why don't we thank Lee Bouli from Next Big Sound for being on the show? Great. Very interesting. Yeah, it was really great. Thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with us. We do appreciate that, and we'll we'll stay in touch with you because there are still more questions that were never answered that we never got to ask. So thanks, Lee. Much Sounds good. We also want Thanks to for thank, having me, guys. Yeah, it was great having you. So so thanks again, Lee Bully, when one more time, Lee Bouli, Next Big Sound. Yay. And we want to thank Joe Pomerico, our student MBA candidate. Thank you, Joe Pomerico claps for him. We want to thank Jess Frank for producing the show. Good job, Jess Frank and Bianca Russo, who is our Emeritus producer. We also, of course, want to thank our good friend and the doctor, Esteban Marconi. Steve Marconi
1: right here. And who's here next week?
0: Next week, uh, we are going to have three people in the studio with us. We are going to have wow. Nick Sortino and Jordan Cudillo Cordelish from Radical Records OK Good Records and also they're bringing with them Janet Devlin who's an Irish singer who was on X Factor in 2011 Mm -hmm. and she's going to talk X Factor Pledge Music her new Christmas album and uh, that's actually going to be a really great show so that's next week Mm -hmm. and um But right now, we need to end this show. So we're listening to Ally Mac Project on the way out of the door. And we want to thank you for listening to Music Biz 101 and more Brave New Radio 88.7. Listen to that podcast iTunes. Listen to that podcast on Stitcher. And listen to the podcast on SoundCloud. For all of us here, we want to thank you there for tweeting and for loving us. I am your professor, David Kirkfield, bidding you adios!